Uh, I want to invite you to uh, turn your Bible, turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to look at verses 8 to 10. And I started last week uh, a series entitled Four Skills Every Man Needs to Succeed. Uh, four skills that every man needs to succeed. Uh, last week, uh, we looked at skill number one is learning to master our moods. Uh, that we looked at the idea and the studies and the biblical admonition that if we cannot control our moods, guys, we can destroy our marriages, we can destroy our kids, uh, we can destroy our careers, we can destroy everything about us. And so we need to learn as men the skill of mastering our moods and uh, taking care of our moods and handling our moods. And if we don't learn that skill, uh, we will hurt not only ourselves, but those we love and those around us. Uh, today I want to talk to you about this. We have to learn to master our energy in the right way. What is it that keeps us uh, energized for work and faith and family and careers and everything that we do? And that's what we're going to look at and we're going to see it in Exodus chapter 20 uh, verse 8 to 10. But uh, the whole theme verse for this series, which is four skills that every man needs to succeed, it goes back to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. It says, If the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. And so we want to be more skillful. Last week we talked about being more skillful and mastering our moods. Today we want to talk about being more skillful and knowing how to regain our energy. There are sometimes, uh, anybody ever in here, you feel like you're running on fumes. There are times, man, I am just at the end of my rope. I am running on fumes. Uh, man, I'm, I'm tired. I just need a nap. And so God gave us say a biblical admonition now some of the things that we know that are simple is exercise eat right uh, those kind of things are ones that can help improve our energy uh, there are those who exercise a lot how many of you exercise a lot be honest don't lie how many of you are not big exercisers all right but you still you know you want to watch your figure right i ran across an article that um, that these are uh it was it was basically this is for people that don't exercise but still want to burn calories. All right, yeah, that's it. That's right. Those who those who do not exercise but you still want to burn calories. This was kind of a humorous list. Uh, how many of you? Um, and and they actually assigned a calorie count to certain things that non-exercisers do. That maybe these will help you feel better about yourself. Uh, beating around the bush. How many of you beat around the bush? The 75 calories it says you burn 75 calories if you beat around the bush uh, how many of you like to jump to conclusions yeah that's a hundred calories you burn a, every time you jump to a conclusion you can give yourself credit for burning a hundred calories um, you ever looked at anybody and said you're making me climb the walls yeah that's 150 calories if you're a wall climber that's 150 calories uh, anybody in here ever have to swallow your pride yeah, you, you got to add 50 calories back. That, that, that's, that's up. Uh, some of you guys are awesome at this, particularly Justin. Anybody in here, you like to pass the buck? Like to pass the buck? That's why, that's why Justin's so skinny. Every time he does that, he burns 25 calories. Um, let's see. Here's one. How many of you like to push your luck? 
pushing your luck. That's a 200 calorie burn right there. Every time you push your luck, uh, that's 200 calories. Uh, um, anybody in here have to bend over backwards for someone? That's only 15 calories, but if you do it enough, it'll, it'll burn a lot of calories. Uh, here's one. Some of y'all are really good at that. Church people love to do this. How many of you love to add fuel to the fire? Yep, that's 75 calories right there you've just burned every time you add fuel. Here's one. How many of you like to open a can of worms? It's only 25 calories, but hey, it's 25 calories. You know, so it, whether you exercise or don't exercise, you know, the amount of energy that you burn is important. So let's, uh, let's look at Exodus chapter 2, chapter 20, verse 8 to 10. It says, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but on the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath rest to the Lord your God. He says, Own it. You shall not, or on that day, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, or your daughter, nor your male or your female servant, nor your animals, nor a foreigner residing in your own towns. You know, as you think about uh, uh, what it means uh, to, um, to have a Sabbath rest, uh, we... Um, there's a typical schedule in, in the secular world and those who are not followers of Christ, those who are not uh, disciples of Christ. The secular world's rhythm in a weekly basis looks like this. Work, 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 vacation. Work, 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 vacation. Work, 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 vacation. That's a secular world. But for us as followers of Christ who are created in the image of God and created for His divine purpose, God even breaks up our week. And if you'll notice right here, it's six days we should labor and then a rest. Six more days we should labor and then a rest. Six more days we should labor, then a rest, and then you get a vacation. All right? That is the way God designed us. That is the way God put us together. And so, guys, if you aren't in the habit, uh, and if you haven't mastered the skill of, uh, of a Sabbath rest, I want to talk to you about that today, and I want to share, you what it, share with you what it means and what it doesn't mean. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that think, okay, a Sabbath rest means I'm supposed to take a nap. Uh, or I'm just no, supposed to not do anything. I want you to know that's really not, not what's being talked about here. Uh, what it means by you shall not do labor, okay? You shall not work or you shall not um, perform work. The idea of work here, and remember this was an agrarian society, okay? So we, we, can, we, can, we can have oil and we have technology all in here, but in their society, they were pretty much agrarians, right? Uh, they were growing something, they were uh, uh, either it was something from the ground or, or it was something off the vine or they were growing, uh, you know, have, had some sheep or, or some herds of something. They were all agrarians, right? And so the point of them not doing work on the Sabbath, which for them was Saturday, uh, which draws straight from creation. God created for six days and then God rested. Let me ask you a question. Did God rest on the seventh day because he was exhausted? No. He rested to show us a pattern, to set for us a pattern. So when we think of rest, I don't want you to think of the idea of I just need to not do anything. 
See, for them in the agrarian society, uh, what they said according to the early Sabbath was this. Just don't do the same work on the Sabbath that you do the other six days of the week. Does that make sense? It didn't mean that they couldn't do anything. It didn't mean that they couldn't go out and do those things that needed to happen for the family. It didn't mean they couldn't collect food, but it was don't go plow the field. You know, if, if you're growing, don't, don't go pick things off the vine if that's what you typically do. On that day, you are to set it aside as a Sabbath rest. You still have to do the daily chores, right? You still have to do certain things, but there needs to be a time that this Sabbath rest, there is some part of this Sabbath rest that is set aside for your spiritual health, okay? So listen, I want you to know this wasn't that they took a nap all day on the Sabbath. It was that they didn't do, they broke their daily routine of work to set it aside for, and this is the term, for some sort of religious observance, okay? So guys, I want to encourage you. God created us in such a way that we are to be workers. I want you to know that working is a good thing. Let me tell you what, you, you take a man, and especially a young man, and you take them out of the workforce and you place them with all that energy and all the things that they want to do and they don't have a strict regiment of work, guess what's going to happen? Trouble, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because they still got the energy. They're just going to begin to point it in some place and some space and wrong. You know, you can be a lot of things in my house, but lazy is not an option. All right. But we need to understand as men, guys, we need at least once a week. It needs to be more consistent than that. Small daily bites. That's why I'm doing a daily devotion with the, with the series we're doing right now. But we need daily bites of spiritual refreshment. But we also need to step back and at least every week have a season which is a Sabbath rest. In other words, we devote a portion of our day or an all day to not focusing on work, but focusing first of all on our relationship with God. And then our relationships with those we love and those around us, our wife and our kids, and spend time together. All right? So I want, when you think of a Sabbath rest, I've heard people say, you know, I've, I've heard preachers say and, and people write that, man, there needs to be a day that we just do nothing. That was not the original. Let me tell you what, in an agrarian society, in those kind of days, there was really not a day that they could sit around and do nothing. Okay, they couldn't sit around and watch TV. How many of you know they didn't have direct TV back then? You know, they didn't have they didn't have football on Sunday afternoons back then. You know, for us, uh, you know, we we think of the Sabbath rest. Uh, uh, what does that mean? We think, well, I'm just I'm I'm going to sleep in on Sunday morning. That's my rest. I want you to know that is not a Sabbath rest. The Sabbath rest was set aside for a person to break their normal business endeavor and business activities and focus on their spiritual life and the relationships that really matter. And so guys, then what happens once we have that break, then we get refreshed, renewed, we get re-energized for the next six days of work. Does that make sense? Now, we don't wanna be a workaholic. If you wanna destroy your family and destroy your marriage and destroy your kids and destroy your life, work seven days a week. I mean, that, that is a great recipe. If you want to experience burnout and feel burned out, man, 
just work seven days a week. Think about it all the time. Don't spend time uh, with your bride. I mean, consistent time with your bride or with your kids. That is a sure way when we break this biblical command that you're going to burn out as an individual and you're going to burn up everybody around you. I want to say that again. If you don't step back and get spiritually and relationally refreshed on a certain day of the week, you as an individual are going to burn out. And then you're also going to burn up all those people around you that matter so much. So let me ask you a question. If you reflect back on your life, the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, the last year, how good have you been at taking a spiritual rest? Taking a personal Sabbath. Now, there are a lot of people that, uh, that they debate on what day this is. You know, is it Sunday? Is it Saturday? Is it Wednesday? We live in an environment, we live in a society, we, we live in a work environment that uh, people work on the weekends and not just retail, right? I can remember, and, and I'm not that old, but I'm older than I, I can remember when, well, what do they call the blue laws? That, that when Sunday, you, you couldn't, no one worked on Sunday and stuff like that. I remember those times. I remember growing up in a space down in Spring, Texas, where they didn't even practice sports or play games on Wednesday nights. And you certainly wouldn't have played a game on Sunday morning. It's a different world, right? Let me tell you what, it works different. Very few people in here, my guess, worked, or even those that are retired, very few of you worked a true blue nine to five job Monday through Friday, right? Man, we're a seven day a week workforce. We're a, you know, whatever it is, check your email all the time, work on something through the night. And so I want you to know here, here is where I really believe we take this principle and bring it into modern day. They were agrarians. On their Sabbath rest, they were not supposed to do anything that was patterned after what they typically did for a living. But instead, they were devote, to devote themselves to God and those they love around them. So if you take that same model and bring it into our current con, uh, uh, contemporary context, you can't walk into your boss and tell them when your Sabbath day rest is. My guess is your boss would say, I can find someone else to do your job, right? How many of you have a boss like that or a company like that? I, <laughs> Justin raised his hand. Yeah, you work on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> but what does that mean for you? You have to think outside the box. You can't think just Saturday or just Sunday. Now, my guess is most of us in here could make a choice. That's why we offer a Saturday night service, because we want you to find a place. If you can't come on Sunday, if you can't be here on a Sunday, come make a Sabbath. Have a spiritual rest with you and your family and your wife and your kids or you as an individual on a Saturday night. We have midweek services. Make it on a Wednesday night. But you need a season. You need a day for a Sabbath rest, to re-energize. You can run, there's nothing wrong with running errands. Now I want you to know by the time, boy, Jews were good at this, and particularly the, the, the Pharisees were good. What's the first thing that uh, we ask ourselves, and my guess is you're all asking yourself this question in your mind. Well, if I'm going to observe a, observe a Sabbath rest, what can I do and what can I do? 
How many of you would like me to answer that for you? That's what you're asking yourself. All right, can I go set up my deer blinds? Can I go to the lake? Can I? Absolutely. All right, absolutely. Unless you're a hunting guide for a living, then they need a Sabbath rest away from that. Does that make sense? Uh, You can do all of those things. Now, a a Sabbath rest is not a Sabbath rest if you neglect the spiritual. So don't, don't think that you've taken a Sabbath rest if you've just taken a day off from church. All right. The average, what's, what's the latest average of, uh, in America, Justin? He's my, always my stat guy. Uh, the number of pe- how many times people come to church? The typical person comes to church in America. In a, less than two. It's now less than two. So the, the committed church member, typically today it's changed, comes to church less than two times a month. All right. Let's say that because of their life and the way they travel, what do they do? Well, what are they doing the other two days? They can't call it a Sabbath rest, and you can't call it a Sabbath rest if there's not a spiritual involved. Does that make sense? Rest, just resting, just sleeping in, is not a Sabbath rest. Okay, you can sleep in, go to the 11 o'clock service, then it's the Sabbath rest, all right? So we need to make sure as we journey through that we understand, yes, there is a rest. We need to get away from those things that occupy our mind and our heart and our energy on a daily basis. That's part of a Sabbath rest. But we also, when we get away from those mentally, we need to make sure that we refocus our heart and our minds and our lives on what God would have for us, right? So remember, it is a physical rest, but it's a spiritual energy and a focus that that is truly what a Sabbath rest is. And so let me just kind of look through, and I want to to walk for us uh, uh, through this. Here's what one commentator said this. This rest requires an emphasis on cessation or stopping something for the purpose of a religious commitment. So if he looked back, when this commentator looked back and studied the Hebrew society, the Sabbath rest was a cessation from production, if you want to put it that way, in your daily life in order to focus on spiritual fruit. And so guys, that is what a Sabbath rest is. If you choose Saturday, if you choose Sunday, whatever day you choose or whatever times you choose, it means that I am going to stop focusing on production and I'm going to start focusing on producing spiritual fruit. And when we do that, then we get back into the pattern and rhythm of Scripture, which is work six days, spiritual rest, physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Then I get the power of the Holy Spirit to work six more days in a productive fashion instead of just ho-humming it through life. And guys, part of the skill, remember what that passage says, man, if the axe is dull, the woodsman does not waste his time when he stops to sharpen the axe. Does that make sense? I mean, how much more can, he, can we chop when we step back and in God's way and in God's space and in God's place, we sharpen the axe, right? Step back to God and say, God, you know, my anger is out of control or my mouth is out of control or, man, 
I haven't had a good conversation with my wife in a while. My kids, I'm struggling. Does that make sense? All of those, think of the fruits of the Spirit. These things are against God's law. These things are for them. Go back and just read the fruit of the Spirit. Man, where do I match up? Where do I do well? Where do I not do well? That's part of what the Sabbath rest does, is let me introspectively look in my own heart, in my own mind, in my own life, and say, God, where am I doing well, and where am I not doing well? Let me confess those areas I'm not doing well. Then I'll look around at my relationships. Man, God, am I, am I producing good fruit in front of my kids? And if not, confess that. Am I producing good fruit uh, in my interactions with my wife? God, am I producing good fruit at the office? Or man, am I just a train wreck to those around me in the office? That's why we need to have this spiritual rest as well as this physical rest, this season of Sabbath where we step back. So let me give you a couple of thoughts. First of all, when we look in this passage, uh, there is, for men in particular, there is an inevitability of responsibility. In other words, guys, as men, we are responsible. We are responsible to provide for those around us. How many of you know that? All right, guys, and, and there is nothing in Scripture and no social changes will take that away from us. That is the way God designed us. Now, we, many of us are blessed with wives that are amazing. My wife is a school teacher. Uh, this is the one day a week that I wake up at the same time she does. All right? She's a 5 a.m. She loves mornings. I, the only time I want to see that sunrise is if I'm about to kill something. Y'all heard me say that before. That is really, that's the only time I like to see a sunrise. I can live with the sunset. I'm a night owl. But notice what it says. Look back to verse 9. <coughs> it says, Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. There's nothing in that passage that says we shouldn't work. There's nothing in that passage that says we shouldn't work six days. Let me tell you what, in an agrarian society, you worked every day. All right? Anybody ever heard, uh, heard someone talk about growing up on a farm? I mean, every day of the week, you ever, you ever hear some of these people that uh, they call them uh, uh, country strong? You know what I'm talking about? What does that mean? That they may have gone to school as a young man, maybe, and when I'm saying young man, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, they went to school, then they had uh, whatever practice they had, and then they went home and started working, right? They worked all day. That's the way God created us. He gave us energy for that, and we need to understand that. Man, six days we should labor. That responsibility is always there before us all right and it's six days so i want you to know working six days is not against the rules when it comes to scripture now we think about what's good for me to do and what's bad for me to do jews were good there are if you wanted to know you don't have to look this up you don't have to know this to get to heaven in this particular commandment there are 39 hebrew words that doesn't mean anything so what are the first things that Hebrews begin to do? They begin to answer that question. Well, then let's make a list of 39 things that you can't do on the Sabbath, and it still be the Sabbath. So as the, as the Levites and the scribes, they begin to develop, say, all right, well, don't do this, don't do this. One thing for each one of those Hebrew words. 
And then the 400 years before Jesus showed up, uh, in that intertestamental period, groups like the Pharisees began to grow. And they began to say, well, 39 ain't enough. So they came up for every one of those 39 words. They had those original 39 points, and then they gave 39 subpoints to each one of those words of what you couldn't do. Well, if you do the math, that means by the time Jesus showed up, there were over 1,500 things that you couldn't do or you would break the Sabbath. And I'm not kidding. There were, by the time Jesus showed up, they now have a list of those 1,500. You've got to read, be able to read Hebrew to get it. And, but, I mean, by the time Jesus showed up, you couldn't flick a flea. And what did Jesus say? He said, man was made for the Sabbath, Sabbath for man. You know, and Jesus was saying, by the time Jesus showed up, he said, you've messed this thing up so much that people walk around on the Sabbath worried they're going to break the Sabbath instead of understanding the positive aspects of the Sabbath which is get away from work, focus on your relationships, and grow spiritually. And guys, within that, there's a lot of freedom. Man, there were, there were things that they were saying, man, if, it, you know, if your ox falls in the ditch on the Sabbath, you can't get him out. They, literally, this is no joke. If an egg was laid on the Sabbath, you couldn't eat it. You're sitting there going, Really? I mean, that, and, and that's why Jesus showed up and said, you guys with all your rules, you have totally messed this thing up. God created us with the rhythm of work, 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 spiritual rest. Spend time with your kids. Spend time with your family. Man, be around other people that will sharpen you spiritually. Produce spiritual fruit. Confess where you've fallen short. And then get fired up because you get the opportunity to go back to work as a new man. And so guys, this is a mood that we need to... This, this, this is something we need to master. Along with our moods, the idea of a spiritual rest. Guys, my guess is... Most of us aren't real good at this. But that doesn't mean we can't become good at it. My guess is there are times that we have taken, our, taken advantage of the Sabbath and we've used it for our own good, but we've never applied spiritual fruit to it. So my encouragement to you guys is, when is your Sabbath rest? When is it that you say, you know what, today or this afternoon or this morning, I'm just going to step away from whatever work has for me. I'm going to step away from the junk of this world. And I'm going to focus on my relationship with those who matter most. And I'm going to focus on my relationship with God. Yeah. Obviously, in the New Testament, it became Sunday. Because that was when Jesus rose from the grave. Man, for the Jews, it's still Saturday. It's the Sabbath. For you, because of your, your work schedule, it might be Monday. It might be Wednesday. And it might be Thursday. And it doesn't make you unspiritual if that's what you choose as long as those two aspects get away from work, focus on your relationship with God and others. But guys, there is a reality that God created us to work. Now, when it comes to our work, some of us need to slow down. There might be some guys in this room that you are working 
seven days a week and you're destroying your own health and you're destroying your wife and you're destroying your kids because you have sold your soul to the devil of work. And guys, seven days a week is not how we were supposed to work. God created us with a rhythm, a biological and spiritual rhythm where we need to rest. Guys, there are others in here. You need to get on move on it. You can get up and get a job. Now, we live in a society where I've been around this enough that uh, used to be when you got to be 65 or 60, the company looked to right-size you. With technology today, that's 50, right? See, it's one, it's one thing if you've been downsized, right-sized, right or shifted out. That's not the guy that I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who don't realize God created us to work. Go to work. All right? God didn't create us to six days focus on the spiritual and one day do a little work around the house. God created us to work. That's our rhythm. Now, if you're in here and you're, you have a part-time job or a full-time job or no job, I'm not picking on anybody. I just want you to know how God created us. But if you're in here and you're working seven days a week, stop it. Man, so I will guarantee you, your wife needs you to stop it. Your kids need you to stop it. Your God demands that you would stop it. And at some point and in some way, that you would focus on your relationship with Him. So God, there, guys, there is an inevitability. I can't say that word before 7 a.m. That we have the responsibility to work. And if we don't, what did Paul say in Thessalonians? He said, if a man won't work, neither should he. And even in that passage, if you go look at it in the original language, it says if a man's unwilling to. Does that make sense? If a man's just not willing, if a man's not able to, the church needs to provide. If a man is unwilling to, that's a totally different thing. So now as we think about it, first of all, God created us to work, gave us that responsibility. We need good judgment. Uh, there's always those things. Uh, um, one of the rules uh, it, that, uh, that the Pharisees had come up with is on the Sabbath, you couldn't eat too slow and you couldn't eat too fast. They actually had a tempo for how you would chew your food. And because you couldn't savor it too much because they considered that sinful on the Sabbath. Nor could you gulp it down because that was too much work. Can you imagine? Those guys would have been awesome Baptists. All right? Because we can put a rule around anything, regardless of how worthless it is. Um, let's see. I, I'd written some of these down. Uh, you couldn't couldn't start a fire you couldn't do some things like get your ox out of the ditch now my thought is if you have a dumb ox that keeps falling in the ditch especially on the sabbath i mean i got two thoughts right either kill the ox or fill in the ditch you got six days of work all right once the fool does it once how about that get your buddies fill in the ditch right i got a dumb ox all right so that's just that's not in the hebrew that, that was in the pastor 
But, man, you've got to have some discernment. He, as you look at John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, but he answered them, says, my father is working until now. And he goes, I myself am working. What is Jesus saying? I'm working. Right? I'm working. I love what Paul did when he went into the Thessalonians. And, and, and when, I, when I talk about work, uh, there, there, there are a lot of people in the ministry that are lazy. It's frustrating that, uh, man, there are a lot of people in the ministry that they just kind of think my job is to sit around and read the Bible. No. You've got to know the Scripture and you've got to do the work. So that applies to y'all and to me. Here, here's another thought. What is the biblical rest? Notice as you, as you jump back to verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Let me give you four principles as we close. How do, how do I remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? Number one is read the verse. Notice what it says, and keep it holy. Take time to spend with God in reading Scripture and confessing your sins and going to worship. Man, this is, set, this is time set aside for your relationship and walk with God. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It's a good day to reflect back on the Sabbath, good, reflect back on your week, and say, what God did I do where I defiled myself or I defiled others around me or I defiled... Does that make sense just to keep it holy? God, what do I need to confess? Um, what did I say that I shouldn't have said? Man, as I think about my spiritual journey and my spiritual walk, if you just want to measure it, man, just, just go to Galatians chapter 5 and, and look at the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Just begin to identify those and say, man, I, I demonstrated that fruit of the flesh and that fruit of the flesh, and I didn't do this enough. So it starts with, here's your principle. I'm not going to tell you what to do and what not to do on your Sabbath rest. I'm really not. But I am going to tell you, you better keep it holy. All right? You better set aside a time and a season in your life where you do some serious spiritual reflection on those things in your life that are not beneficial to others. Let me give you a second principle real quick. For it to truly be a Sabbath rest, it has to become a habit. All right? The Sabbath came, comes around every seventh day. It has to be a habit. We don't choose to do a Sabbath once a month. We don't choose to focus on our spiritual life every two and a half weeks or just when I want to. All right? It's got to be a habit. Whenever you choose to have your spiritual rest, it needs to be a habit. Six days you shall labor, seventh day you shall rest. Six days you shall labor, seventh days you, you shall rest. How many of you think that's pretty consistent? That's a habit, right? I have noticed this as, as long as I've been able to count. There are seven days in every week. One of those days of every week needs to be a Sabbath rest. When you focus on your relationship with God and your relationship with others, make it a habit. Notice what, notice what Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. He says, Men, do not forsake the, assemb the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. What does it say? He, he says, men, 
don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as some are in the habit of doing. Instead, what is he saying? He's saying, guys, make a habit every week of assembling together. Although some don't have that habit. If your, if your season of worship or your season of Sabbath is not a consistent habit, it's just when I want to, then it's not a Sabbath rest. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be a habit. We come together. Why? As iron sharpens iron with other men. Notice what it says. Encouraging one another all the more. Guys, that means when we show up for our Sabbath rest, we need to be looking around and looking in the eyes of the guy, guys around us. And sometimes we, we need to walk up to a dude and say, you okay? Some guy that we know. Does that make sense? I mean, you've gotten to know when you look in his eyes. You know when he's well, and you know when he's not doing well. And you walk up and you say, how you doing? And you mean it. Does that make sense? Man, we need to encourage each other. But guys... Um, to do this, you've got to make it a habit. So first of all, if, you, if it, it is a spiritual rest, number one, if you're making it holy. Number two, if you're making it a habit. Let me give you number three. You ready? If you're focusing on your health. Guys, we have got to focus on our health. Spiritual and physical health. Do something for your health throughout the week and even on that day. Remember, it doesn't say you can't go for a jog. It doesn't say you can't go for a walk. It doesn't say you can't walk the dog with your wife. It doesn't say you can do anything. You know, some of you, man, a lot of times on Sundays, the, the most exercise any guy gets on a Sunday afternoon is walking around looking for the remote control. <laughs> now think about that, right? By the time you found the remote control, you probably could have changed the channel. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? And if you got kids like me, they just, it, it ends up in their hands or my hands, and I'm sitting there, who has the remote control? And it's really horrible when Gina walks in and says, oh, it's over there by your bedstand. That's my own me. But the reality, do something healthy. God, God created us to be healthy. We've had some amazing stories the last couple of, uh, of years uh, uh, with some folks losing some weight and really getting healthy. And I love that. That is, a, that is a great thing. Taking a nap is okay on the Sabbath. Taking a nap is okay. Uh, getting healthy. Go do something, man. Uh, roll through it. So make it holy. Make it a habit. Do something healthy. Finally. How do you know it's a spiritual rest? And be happy, guys. And be, put a smile on your face. Be happy. Focus on good things. There is nothing unspiritual about taking the Sabbath and putting away the junk in your life that occupies your mind. What did Paul say in Philippians chapter 4? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is of good report. And he even gets down. Here's the, here's the low bar. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about that. I love the way he puts that. Guys, that means that if we are going to have a Sabbath rest, at some point throughout the week, we've got to put away everything that is negative that occupies our time. And we have to focus on things that are positive.
we have to change our mindset and change. So how do we make, how do we know it's a Sabbath rest? One, if it's holy. Two, if it becomes a habit. Three, if it makes us healthier, refreshes us physically. And then finally, if it gives us joy. If it gives us joy. So those are four definitions that hopefully will, in your way, allow you to fill in the gaps on what it means to have your Sabbath rest. Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, I don't care. But guys, if you aren't getting a Sabbath rest, you will not be as effective as God wants you to be. And that's a skill we all need. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. And thank you for the new guys today. And uh, God, as we uh, leave here, uh, I pray that we would leave here. And, and for some, God, I, I pray they're convicted that they are not taking a true Sabbath rest that they're not taking a time or a day in the week to focus on their relationship with you, God, to focus on being pure and holy and confessing those things that aren't right. God, I pray that there's some men in here that would confess the fact that they aren't having a Sabbath rest with their wife or with their kids where, where, where they are allowing um, just joyful conversations and encouraging words and, and renewing to take place. God, uh, that, that we aren't becoming more healthy in what we do. And God, uh, I, I pray that as we confess, that we would follow up that confession and repentance with action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.